Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to the live Q&A with yours. I know it's been a while since I did a live Q&A, but I'm excited to serve you all nonetheless. If this is your very first time watching, like, hey, man, who's this guy? My name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here online. But for those who's been rocking with me, whether you've been a subscriber uh, for maybe 15, 14, 15 years for, uh, now, or 14 and 15 minutes ago just want to say thank you so much for trusting what god has entrusted me and i pray it continues to be treasure to you as everyone is coming in live right now i do live q a's for those who are new and people are typing their questions in right and so i give them time to type their questions um and if you want to be a part of this uh uh service that i provide online Go ahead and subscribe. Hit that post notification bell. Hit all notifications so you'll know when I go live. And so you'll be able to get your questions in there. And I would love to serve it away. But as everyone is coming in, let me let you guys know about some things I have going on, like my latest book, Facts Over Feelings, How to Learn How to Find the Facts Behind Your Feelings. A lot of people are being held up from fulfilling their roles in life because they're rolling emotionally with feelings on the inside. So this book, I believe, would be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a book to help you hold things better, um, to make yourself uh, more whole, prepared, and ready to manage the important things of life. This book, The Wholeness Journal, will be a great journal for you to really assess how you hold and how to prepare to hold. If you're struggling with the purpose of your signals, or you're just curious about understanding more about the purpose of your signals, this book is a great resource. It's, it will be able to help you really begin to see um, the purpose of your signals and how to maximize it. If you're looking for a dating resource, a book that has a ton of questions in it to, to ensure that you and your significant other are on the same page, on the same paragraph, same sentence, et cetera, et cetera, this book right here will help you either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. If you're looking for a book to help you discern what's in front of you, whether it's a counterfeit or a counterpart, this book, Counterfeit or Counterpart, be a great resource for you. It will help you discern. It will actually help you uh, uh, see how God confirms things in your life. It is a great resource. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds and you want to know more about the purpose of freedom, whom the sun sets free, is free indeed. This book, The Purpose of Freedom, will help you better understand what soul ties are and what strongholds are and how to untie and uproot them. If you're struggling with spiritual warfare, it's October, <laughs> so we're going to have a lot of demonic activities might be the way. If you're looking for a resource to help you better understand the whole armor of God and how to stand or withstand in the evil day, this book, World War Me, will be a great resource for you if you have a young person who's just looking to find it and you want them to discover what their purpose is or have better understanding of how to live life, this book, as he says, is a great resource as well. All these books, card games, everything is available on my website, imunplugged.com. Link in the description box below. All that good stuff. Let's see what we got here. PTL, what's going on, family? I'm on here. I'm on it. Hey, coach, what's going on, my brothers? Good to see you. Um, PTL says, hey, coach. So I fell in love with the idea of becoming whole and growing my character in this single season. But how do I not let it overwhelm me when I know there's a lot I still have to work on? Pace yourself, my brother. This race, a race without pace, you won't be able to finish it, right? So when you understand uh, the concept of wholeness, you will understand it's a process. Right now, as a father, as a husband, as a preacher, as a teacher, there, there's still levels to this. And, and when it comes to wholeness, I have to be prepared to be held. In order for me to hold well, I have to understand I have to be held. And in being held, I'm being, I'm being delivered, I'm being shaped, I'm being molded, right? And so when it comes to that, uh, um, you got to make sure that you're not overthinking it. 
Because if you overthink it, you'll oversink it. And you'll find yourself never being on the brink of being whole as a single man. He says, but how do I not let it overwhelm me when I know that there's still work to do? Is to appreciate the growth. And they appreciate the one growing you. That's how you can help yourself grow in singleness. Uh, appreciate the uh, the one growing you, and 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 celebrate the growth. Like like most of the times, the reason why we mismanage where we are, we measure from where we are to how far versus from where we are and how far we've come. When you measure how far you've come, that's something to celebrate. Anytime you focus on where you are and determining how far you have to go, you're going to easily be discouraged. But when you look at where you are and from where and, and where you've come, man, that's something to celebrate. That's what helps me from being overwhelmed that today was greater than yesterday, that this week was greater than last week, that this month was greater or better than last month, right? So measure based upon where you've came from and where you are versus measuring where you are to where you have to go. And then you will begin to have strength through the help of the Holy Ghost to overcome anything that you may be facing in your singleness. So I hope they help my brother. So I fell in love with the idea of becoming whole and growing my character in this single singleness. See, the thing is, you don't want to fall in. Anything you fall into, you're going to get hurt. Focus on growing, not falling. So when you grow in love with something, you begin to love the process. When you fall into something without understanding the process, then you're going to have injury. But if I'm going to go deep into something, I'm going to find a ladder. I'm going to find a rope. I'm going to take my time down versus falling in. So because with love, in order for me to grow in love, I have to have my roots in love, who is God. God, who is love, is a noun. I won't be able to walk in love if I'm not walking with love. God is love. The more I walk with him, the more I grow with him, the more I'll grow in love with him and then growing in love with the process, which will then develop me into the person I need to be um, to help us uh, sustain whatever it is that I desire to have in life, right? And so don't get so overwhelmed because sometimes we have in the back of our mind why I have to grow and for what I have to grow for versus just growing, right? When you focus on why you have to grow, then you'll have pressure on you. But if you just enjoy the process of growth, then you'll begin to see the purpose of where you are now. Great question, family. Let's keep going. Chantel says, hi, how are you and your wife doing? We're doing great. Thank you so much for asking. We are doing exceptionally well. Thank you so much for asking. PTO says, second part is, how do I know I'm making progress when growing my character and uh, as a man? Thanks, coach. You know you're making progress when you know you're growing in deeper depths of love, deeper depths of joy, deeper depths of peace. When you begin to see it, find yourself more patient, more gentle, more faithful, more self-controlled, you measure it based upon experiences that circle back around. So some experiences um, that you have are sometimes daily. Some experiences are weekly. Some experiences are will circle back around monthly, and some will circle around quarterly, et cetera, et cetera. So the things that circle around daily, like coworkers, interacting with the same people, when you begin to measure Hey, this by Wednesday, by Thursday, I'm walking in greater patience towards my coworker. I'm walking in greater love with my significant other. I'm, I'm growing things that are weekly circle around uh, uh, or biweekly when it comes to paychecks and management money, managing money. Am I more patient with my money? Am I more wise with my money? You measure things based upon the experiences that circle back around, whether it's daily hourly, weekly, monthly, quarterly, or yearly, sometimes those key markers kind of measures between um, growth, right? And so you measure progress by experience that circle back around and just a spontaneous things. Some things that just hit you out of nowhere, you could be able to say, okay, how did I, how did I fare in there? 
And then when you begin to measure progress, don't beat yourself down based upon a bad moment. Because sometimes it could have just been that you just was tired. It could have just been that you just wasn't feeling good. So what you do is, what I often do is, every night I take some time to assess, was I at my best today? I assess, was I more in stress or was I more in rest? Every night I assess because that intel will help me um, 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 uh, have the knowledge I need and the application to implement to do better the next time. I hope that helped, family. Let's keep going. Christina says, how's the new baby? The baby's doing well. Baby girl's home. Baby girl's doing great. Thank y'all so much. For those who don't know, my wife and I, uh, we have a beautiful daughter and, and we're excited. And that's why uh, Coach has been going. We, you know, Coach had to take care of family, take care of home. So the baby's doing good. Thank y'all so much for the love and the support. All that good stuff. Uh, Catalego says, hey, Coach, all the way from Botswana. Thank you for watching from Botswana, my friend. We're glad to have you. Purpose says, hey. I want to put my energy more into my purpose, how to manage your energy better and how to release stress. Great question. Give me one second. All right, that should do it. Give me one second. All right. Purpose says, hey, I want to put my energy more into my purpose, how to manage your energy better and how to release stress. Great question. Let's break it down layer by layer. I want to put my energy more into my purpose. Before you begin to funnel energy, you got to determine what's what's uh, um, hindering your energy, what's taking your energy. Right. So you got to begin to determine this. The beautiful thing about purpose is that we were created to be present in order for me to really understand my purpose. I have to be present. Because if I'm not present, how could the pieces that God has placed within my day be the tools used to fashion me into the individual for purpose? See, if I'm not purposeful daily, I won't find my purpose eventually, right? I have to be present, right? And so you have to determine and assess what's in your presence, because in order for me to be a present to whomever, because when I'm a present to people and when I'm a gift to people and when I'm presenting myself as a present to others, then God can use those other people for promotion. God can use those other people to push us better towards our purpose and use those people and opportunities to make us more purpose people. Right. But the issue is sometimes we do not know how to assess our presence and remove the unnecessary stuff out of our presence so that we can be more present and so that we can begin to find the purpose of every moment, right? So you got to you got to begin to determine what are my energy suckers and what are my energy givers. Energy energy suckers are things that suck energy from you unnecessarily. They don't bring no return in energy. Right? See, the things that God will have you do that may not, that individual or that thing may not give you back energy, God will give you the grace for. God always will pay you back for things that you took slack from, for errors that he put you in for you to be a vessel for. Anytime I minister to people, God sufficiently, graciously gives me more energy because I did something on behalf of him. The issue is we don't know what energy suckers are because we don't know how much of an energy sucker we are. Uh, when we don't understand who we are and we're confused about who we are and what we're supposed to do, we become suckers, meaning that people can use us because we don't know how we should be properly used. Abuse by definition is ab, A-B, use, abnormal use. If I don't know my proper use, then I will be a sucker for something that's gonna wanna use me beyond my usage rate. Your usage rate will, is determined by how often 
often I should be used by a particular thing or a particular purpose person. If I don't know what my proper use is, then I won't be able to know my usage rate. Therefore, I'll be used beyond the rate. Therefore, I won't be paid back for the rate that I paid for. Then I'll find myself drained for purposeful things. So what are those energy suckers? What is draining you? What is taking time from you? What is uh, uh, draining you mentally? Energy suckers can be mental. Energy suckers can be emotional. Energy suckers can be financial. Energy suckers can be physical. Energy suckers can be demonically in in regards to spiritual. You got to begin to say, what are my mental suckers? What is draining me mentally? What thoughts have I not cast down? Why am I not thinking on things that are above? Why am I not thinking on things that I ought to think, right? What are my emotional suckers? Who am I soul tied to? Who am I connected to emotionally? Who has the pull enough to pull me away from focus? Who are my, or what are my triggers that trigger me emotionally? What are those physical triggers? Have I not, have I not allowed the Holy Spirit to give me <clears throat> And producing me a level of self-control. Am I am I lustful? Am I greedy? Am I biologically craving things that are not beneficial to all of me? You got to determine your energy suckers. Your energy givers boils down to management. Am I sleeping well? Am I eating right? Am I am I living right? Right? What are those things that are draining me or gaining me? You got to determine what your energy suckers are and what your energy givers are, right? In order for you to properly give energy to your purpose. And sometimes it just takes us removing things out of our lives and really begin to write on a sheet of paper all the things in my life or in our lives that are taking energy and not giving back or or are giving energy, et cetera, et cetera. Now he says how to manage your energy better. You manage your energy better by determining where are you on a spectrum of zero to 10. Most of us are living more off of burnout than earn out, right? We're burning out versus earning out. See, we got to begin to say, okay, how am I? On a scale of one to 10, determine how much energy you have. Do you, are, you a, are you a five? Are you a three? Is your energy on zero? Is your energy at an eight or nine? Determine where you are in the energy spectrum and then begin to say, okay, these are the things that's draining my energy. If it's an X, you got to forgive that person. If it's something that you're afraid of that may happen next, you got to give it over to God. You got to determine what is draining me and find where you are and then begin to assess where you have poor management. Management means I'm mature enough, I'm aware enough of how I'm supposed to interact, engage, properly communicate with or interact with to ensure that I'm steadily growing, that I'm steadily improving, that I'm steadily able to give. And you manage it by number one, uh, assessing what's draining you. And or what's gaining you. And then you begin to assess why am I poor in, in managing this area and then manage it better. Get your rest, get your sleep remove things, uh, forgive people, etc. And you said also, and how to release stress. You have to understand that we stress where we don't feel God would give our best. We stress where we feel God would not give us our best. See, we, the goal in life is to live off of rest, not stress. God wants us to be rest. Rest means I realize that Elohim will strengthen me timely. <laughs> Rest, R-E-S-T. I don't know if that makes sense, but either way. Rest means that I'm willing to sit here and trust God. Rest, stress means that I don't trust God in this area to such a degree that I'm trying to do it myself. We are in partnership with God. We are in partnership with God. Do you understand that 10% 
It should be our effort. 90% is his effort. That God has already made your cricket pass straight. God has already ordered things from us, but we mess up the order when we do things out of order. If our lives are out of order and we do things out of order, we'll never see things put in order in our lives. What order do you want God to place for you? Some of us are asking God, can you order me a wife? Can you order me a husband? Can you order me purpose? Can you order me this? Can you order me that? And God says, it's already been ordered for you when it was paid on the cross for you. That has been ordered for you. Before you was formed in fashion in your mother's womb, that has already been ordered for you. But you got to let me order your steps. In order for you to order your steps, you got to be willing to be in step with me. And you have to trust that I got you. So if you're stressing about money, then you have to say, I don't trust God with my money. Wherever you stress, you don't trust. So what has rusted your trust? What has caused your trust to rust? Have you removed the T, the cross, the T from the trust, and now your, your trust is rust? You see what I'm saying? You got to begin to say, okay, be honest with yourself. Why am I stressing? Why do I not trust God in this now, how do you release stress? First of all, you got to realize that you can't do everything. You have to realize you can't do everything. E, you got to be able to manage your energy better. We talked about that. You got to say, okay, in order for me to do, uh, to release the stress, I got to go exercise. I got to go eat right. I got to engage right. Next, you got to understand how God loves you. If you don't know God's love for you, you won't be able to love yourself. And if you don't know how to love yourself, you won't know how to distribute your love accordingly. You got to also begin to engage scripture. You got to begin to engage life. You got to begin to say, okay, God, I'm going to engage this. I'm going to engage you. I'm going to engage your word. Also, you got to be able to acknowledge that you are not where you need to be and also acknowledge that God has you right where you need to be. And what I mean by this, right now is where God wants you to be. But there are certain things in you that shouldn't be where they are. And you got to release all those things that are anchoring you, that's keeping you from progressing in life. Next, you got to begin to say, why am I stressing? Why am I stressing? Because when you begin to investigate the, the real reason why you're stressing, you'll be like, man, I got to release this. And last but not least, you got to just enjoy him, enjoy his company. You got to say, you know what, man, I also I'm eliminate any and everything that stresses, but I'm going to enjoy the one that's going to bless me, who loves me more than I can ever imagine. I hope they help. I labored long on that because it was three good, solid questions. I pray it was a blessing to someone. Um, Napoli says, hey, coach, what's your take on dating a guy with a lower income than you? He's a pastor. I'm a doctor. Should I anticipate any insecurities? Help things. You will be insecure if, if you're if you're overly independent. Right. And there are certain people that whose income is capped. Some people's income that they love is capped. And if he is only going to make a certain amount of money in his career based upon what he does, then you have to say, do I can I really love? And then also you have to he has to make sure that he's not insecure about how much money you make. And right. And that's where you guys uh, begin to discuss um, how will we manage money? Is he a good financial steward? It, it, can he lead a family financially? Can he be the head over finances? Can he be able? Can you trust him to lead in that area? Right. And you're going to anticipate insecurities because you've never been there before. You've been making all this money for a long period of time. And, and now and now you met someone that's beneath you financially. It doesn't matter how beneath he is financially, how above is he spiritually? It doesn't matter how below he is financially. We're not talking about he's a bum. We're talking about he's making income. He's working hard. He is a good steward. He saves. He invests. He's he's wise. He's a good steward. It doesn't matter where he is financially. It, it boils down to where he is spiritually. 
Can he lead you spiritually? Can he lead you holistically? Can he lead you spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, et cetera, et cetera? If he can, you won't have insecurities because you'll know that that man is blessed. You have to understand, um, it's not about where you meet a man. It's about where y'all will end up being. So you can meet a man at a place where his income at a certain place, but if that man's a man of ideas, if that man's a man of creativity, if that man's a man destined to make millions or destined to make a lot of money, he will do it. But if he's lacking in those areas, then you're going to naturally be insecure because a man who's whole in God and whole in himself will remove immediately insecurities and instability out of a woman. Two things a woman is looking for, stability and security. If a man can make you feel secure holistically and stable holistically, it doesn't matter what his income is. Right. So you have to assess will the insecurities are the insecurities Will will the insecurities rise because I'm insecure or I'm overly independent and, and I think that I can do all this, whatever, whatever, then that's another issue. But if your insecurity stems because you see the money that he makes and you see that he's not stewarding well, then those insecurities are normal and those insecurities are 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 understandable. <clears throat> But if you are insecure because you're like, man, I just wish I had a man that make this much money. It just determined it all boils down to if that's God's man for you. It, it, I wouldn't date a guy if you haven't really asked God if this the man for you, because that's a waste of your time. Right. But if this is God's man for you and God has blessed that man that, and that man is living righteously and is and is and is endeavoring to serve you and be the man he needs to be. There's nothing to be insecure about because he'll lead you spiritually. He'll maximize it, maximize everything financially. He'll be physically uh, uh, supportive, all the different things because he's whole in God. But you have to look at your heart and ask yourself. Can I can you date a man that makes less than you? It's not about how much money he makes, it's how much is how he manages his money. Hope to help. Great question. Jojo Davis says, What's up, Coach Josh? It's Jojo out of Fort Worth. What's up, family? How do I become more comfortable about living on my own, such as driving and having my own place, living with cerebral palsy? You just got to take your time and pace yourself, my friend, and, and use wisdom and 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 begin to see uh the possibilities of it uh, and to begin to see where your faith is in regards to um you being whole and being made well you see what i'm saying uh but you become more comfortable when you begin to develop your faith in god and when you begin to better understand scripture and when you begin to make the adjustments necessarily in your habits I don't know much about cerebral palsy, so please forgive me for that. So I don't know exactly what what kind of disease it is, and 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 if there's any types of of uh, I believe that's a cure for anything because God is a healer. But what I'm saying is, is there anything that you may have to make adjustments in in order for you to um, um, really see um, things take off for you in those areas? But you build your uh, confidence when your confidence is confided in, or or, or is in. God and developing in him and and tracking his trust track record and 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 measuring your growth and 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 really begin to see the possibility maybe research some good um success stories from individuals who did those different things because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony so we overcome by the blood of the lamb because because the payment was paid for us we have over already overcome because he already overcame right but we also overcome by the word of our testimony I gotta go hear somebody else's testimony with cerebral palsy and see how they progress and how they lived on their own and then sometimes our testimonies can strengthen us uh, when we hear other people's testimonies for tests that we may have to face. Hope to help, my friend. Nana says, what do you do when you're finding it really hard to forgive past hurt? Great question. Um, what you do is you have to better understand what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is giving you, not them, the opportunity to go forward. 
you have to be forward thinking. You have to forecast. You got to be able to think through things and begin to see, okay, what it is that I want to accomplish in life and how could not forgiving this past hurt keep me from that? First off, you got to look at your hurt and ask yourself, uh, um, how could this hurt help? How can this hurt help? And in what ways is this hurt helpful? What can I learn? See, the thing is, it's better if we're going to earn in life, we have to learn in life versus burn in life. And a lot of us are burning emotionally. We're burning from pains that from flames years ago. We're burning still from un, unquenched, uh, quench, uh, we're burning now from flames that's already been quenched. Meaning this, give me one second. Meaning what burnt you, the flame is gone. So the flame has been going from where it's burnt you and you're still burning emotionally because you're keeping that emotional flame alive. The physical pain has gone. The, the trauma has gone. The moment that has caused the pain has gone. That fire has been quenched, but it sparked a new fire on the inside. And now you're constantly giving life to that burning flame emotionally. And you got to begin to say, OK, what will this emotional flame burn up in my life? Some of us, you you won't even be a wife because you're burning you because of the burning in your life. You won't be able to be a good mother because the burning in your life. You won't be able to do anything going forward because you're still allowing that emotional flame to burn from a flame that has already been put out. But if you it, it, but if you put yourself in position to learn from the burn, then you can earn from the burn. Then, then you can begin to turn a womb into a scar, and then you can begin to so show doubting Thomases and doubting Tiffany's that 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 this hole right here was once a womb, but God made it a scar as a reminder that He can heal, that He can restore, that He can change things around for my good. So if you find it really hard to forgive, then you got to begin to say, what am I trying to keep myself uh, from receiving or giving? Right. So if you find it really hard to forgive, you got to begin to assess the situation again and really see, did I make it bigger than what I really should have? So get a sheet of paper out and write down what it was or what it is that is hurting you or what what what, what was the thing that hurt you? So I want you to write down what hurt you and why you were still allowing it to hurt you. Right. And then up under that, I want you to write down all of the things that you can learn from that situation. And then on the right side, I want you to write down all the things you can earn from that situation. And then allow the earnings and the learnings to be to uh, to alleviate the burning so you can get back to focusing. Right. And let that person go. Man, if it wasn't for Judas, we wouldn't be in salvation today. So without hurt, there would be no help. So I hope that helped. And I may do a longer video on that um, to help people with that for sure. Christina says, hey, coach, I am ready to date for marriage. Any wisdom on landing quality dates? Make dates with God and make dates with yourself and trust God with all other pending dates because all the dates that we're going to have are pending, depending on if we're growing on. All right. So some things, those dates that we really want to have are pending, depending on us to grow. Right. And so don't worry about you can be ready all day, but is everything else ready for you? See, when you go to a restaurant, you ready for the meal, but the meal's not ready for you. So it doesn't matter how hungry you are. You can't rush the process, even though you're ready to eat. Doesn't mean that what you want to eat is ready for you. And so when you understand that readiness is holistic, then you will be more patient. Right. And then when you understand that, hey, I may feel that I'm ready, but am I really ready? And then if you don't know if you're really ready, you got to trust the hand whose hand is steady that will make you ready.
for the things that's been ready for you or already made ready for you, right? And so don't worry about landing quality dates. Just make sure you're a quality person each day. Each date that you come into, make sure that you continue to increase in quality, that you continue to invest in you, invest in your relationship with God, invest in your craft. Focus on investing and let God determine when the proper time is for you. And so if you're ready to date or to get married, you have to assess your readiness. Is my readiness genuine? The number one question I always ask people to think about is to ask them, what if he doesn't come another two years? Will you still follow God? I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but your heart has to be so okay with whatever God wants to do that you're going to keep focusing on what he wants you to do. And so if your heart, that's the way you measure your heart. You know you're ready for, for dating when, when you're okay if, you, if the dates don't occur. You know you're ready for marriage when you're not worried about marriage. You know you're ready for marriage when you don't have that much time to date, to, to, to think about marriage. See what I'm saying? Because you got to focus on the carriage more so, more so than the marriage. Because what you carry into a marriage will determine if the carriage will fulfill itself and being a beacon and light of hope to other marriages that God is still in the marriage business and God is still able to sustain two people sharing one thing. So assess your readiness. And if your heart is ready and your heart is pure and your heart is genuine, let God ready the meal for you and just continue to do what God has already desired for you to do. Great questions, y'all. Uh, Sephra says, part one. Okay, good. And part two and part three. Okay, good. Okay, here we go. Part two, I'm in a relationship with a non-Christian. I've had a tough past and he loves and supports me in ways no other Christian has. I'm so torn because we've spent years together. Part two, talking about marriage, learning and growing together, but I know it's unequally yoked and I do not feel whole spiritually. Is it inevitable I should break it off after years of him investing in me? And I in him, it may be a dumb question, not a dumb question, because I know that what God expects of Christian relationships. Great question. Let's break it down one by one. The Bible says, um, how can two walk together lest they agree? If you agree on five out of the six things, but the sixth thing is the God thing, it doesn't matter what you agree on one through five. Eventually, you will disagree. If you and him cannot agree on God and cannot agree on the Holy Spirit's work in the midst then this is nothing going to be this, this this is only going to be missed it's going to be something that ain't going to really have no substance to it it's here and gone right so you guys can agree on financial things you guys can agree on parental things you guys can agree now on those things but when it comes down to the spiritual glue that keeps y'all two together through and through then you ain't going to be able to um, to really see things through or see things uh, eye to eye so a lot of people say, man, we we match so well in all these different things. But when it comes to God, especially him being a man, if he ain't connected to heaven, how will you live in heaven on earth? I've had a tough past and he loves and supports me in ways no other Christian has. Now, you have to measure the Christians that you measure the Christians with. You have to measure the Christian that you measure is non-Christian with, because just because other counterfeit or immature Christians have treated you poorly doesn't mean that that's their, that that you should lower your standard to their standard. You have to measure Christianity or a Christian based upon what the word of God says about a Christian and their heart and their and their life and how they love God and how they endeavor to do things of God, right? And so you have to ask yourself have 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 I um healed from that tough past? 
right? Have I endured the emotional, the mental strains of my tough past so that I won't allow that to, so the enemy won't use it as leverage to leverage, to leverage you over into a situation that's going to soon be over. He says, I'm so torn because we spent years together. It doesn't matter how many years you spent with something. It boils down to how many years you're going to waste from now on. Don't, don't beat yourself up because of the years you spent. Don't, don't, don't beat yourself up. Whenever you gain wisdom, whenever, whenever you gain knowledge is the moment. Any, the day is the day of salvation. Not yesterday, not, not how many years today is. Let's keep going. Part two, talking about marriage, learning and growing together, but I know it's unequally yoked. And I do not feel whole spiritually. If, if, if the spiritual connections are not there, you're going to lose connections in every other area. It doesn't matter how much you talked about marriage. It doesn't matter how much y'all have learned and grown together. Listen, some people were just meant to be your lesson, not your blessing. Some people were just meant to be your lesson. And sometimes you were just meant to be someone's lesson and you were not meant to be their blessing. And that's okay. So if this person is not God's blessing from you, then use this as God's lesson for you. So you won't have anything lessened from you, right? Or stressing you or pressing you, right? So so it, it, no matter how much you learn, let it be a lesson. I've, I've wasted two years. No, don't even look at it as a waste. I, I learned from these four or three years of this person, right? He said, is it inevitable I should break it off after years of him investing? It doesn't matter how much he has invested in you. Because his investment now may not prove as a good investment when it comes down to spiritual things. So it's better to be single than to mingle with someone that was never meant for you to intermingle with. You say, it's inevitable I should break it off after years of, of him investing in me and I in him? Yes. It just, at the end of the day, you got to find out if this even God's man for you. Now, it depends on where he is in the spiritual walk, right? Now, no, it doesn't depend. It all depends on what God sends. Right. Because what God sends has no end. Right. And if it's sent by God, that means you it's meant for you to go with that, with God in God. Right. And so what I would do is I would take about a day or so to really prepare myself to do the inevitable. And I would ask God, God, show me. I desire you, Lord, to be in your will. And God, please let me know what I should do now. And God revealed to me clearly something that's unequivocally uh, 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 accurate and unequivocally un, un, uh, I'm, I'm able to, what's the word I'm trying to say? I'm unable to be shaken off of this because it's been so confirmed so clearly for me to leave, then you will have the faith to leave. And I promise you, God will show you what you should do in this situation. It may be a dumb question because I know what God expects of Christian relationships. I'm telling you, if you're unequally yoked in that area, you actually right now currently unequally yoked in every area. Purpose is how to become more fearless and meet more people. Great question. Um, look at your personality. Sometimes uh, um, take the uh, 16 personalities test and see where you are. And if you're an introverted person, um, um, see, find ways um, um, to, 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 to mingle and mix with people. Um, but you don't you don't have to utilize that as an excuse um, to meet new people. Right. And sometimes just continue to meeting with God and meeting with yourself and being um, friendly with people will cause you to meet new people. Right. But fearlessness comes down when my faith is solid in God and who he is to me. And my faith is solid in who I am to myself. And when I'm solid in those areas and I could be confident in any area. 
Sophia says, oh, congratulations on the new bun. I know. I know. Thank y'all so much. My wife and I are excited. That's why I'm talking kind of low. Baby sleep right now. Um, so I got to take it down a little notch so she can get some rest. Peter says, that was convicting. The way has definitely put pressure on I me. Mean, I'm so glad that, that message, what I shared with you, answer your question was a blessing to you. Joey Real says, is it bad that I don't like going to churches where people are screaming and passing out all over the place? I prefer quiet, calm church environment. Nothing wrong with that. To his his own, to him his own. There ain't nothing wrong with that. And if, if that's not you, see, I'm I'm, I'm the same way, man. I, I don't really get into the theatrics. I'm not a, an emotional person when it comes to my spiritual nourishment. I like to hear the word. I mean, when I was younger, um, I didn't show up to church until the word was. I didn't really care about the songs. I didn't really care about singing. And some people do. Don't get me wrong. Some people like the music and choirs and stuff like that. And that's great. But me, I want to hear that word. I, 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 all I care about is the word exegeted properly, uh, um, convicting, stirring, equipping, rebuking. I, I, I'm into that. So for me, when it, when I when churches are so focused on the theatrics or the emotionalization of of the congregation, then I'm out of it. And so there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Hope to help. K. Toussaint says, "Hey." Toussaint says, what's the difference between selfish and putting yourself first? Great question. Selfishness means I fish for self. I fish for self only. I only care about the fish for me. I only care about me. I don't share my fish. I'm not going to be like that Hebrew boy that brought the two fish and the five loaves. I ain't trying to get Jesus to break the fish to help other people fish. I'm not trying to teach people how to fish. I'm not trying to help people fish. I'm not trying to feed people fish. I'm only fishing for myself. I only care about myself. I am self-centered. I'm a lover of myself. And the Bible warns that people in the last day will be lovers of self. And look at social media. That invention was not invented by accident. It was designed for us to be selfish, self-focused, self-feeds, right? Now we pay our self-fees. I want to feed myself. I don't care about anybody else. That's selfishness. Putting yourself first is with the intent of helping someone else second. I put myself first so I can be a better servant to the person that I'm supposed to serve or the people that I'm supposed to serve. So if a person wants me to serve them without first me serving me and without me first being a servant to God, then I can't serve that person effectively. So I put myself first says, hey, I got to take care of me because if I don't take care of me, I'm no good to you. Selfish as people says, I ain't thinking about nobody else but myself. Selfless people says, I think of myself less, meaning I don't think of myself in such a way where I get in my way of helping others. That's a big difference. I hope they help. Great questions, y'all. Missed you too, Christopher. I'm back, ready to, ready to get back in action. Had to take care of the fam and we'll continue to take care of them for sure, but uh, I'm glad to be back. How to reach in high says how to handle a rebellious. Let me see how many uh, questions we got left. Let's see where we are. Okay, we're not that far. We're at the bottom. Okay, good. Reach in says how to handle a rebellious teenager trying not to give up and let them go with the other parent. Please help. Great question. Well, at the core of all rebellion is a root of, of, of a hurt. I'm screaming out for help. And if you don't help me with what I really need help with, I'm going to continue to be rebellious, right? I'm rebelling multiple reasons, right? So, But the root reason why a child is rebellion is ultimately because that child is looking for help, but don't can't 
put the words together, don't know how to clearly say, or maybe communication between you and the child is not is not good in a way where that child feels comfortable enough to, to release what's in them to you because you may not understand them. And that's why our parenting or our teaching or our governing or how we are with children should be with, with, with endeavoring to put their shoes on, on our feet and being able to endeavoring to, to meet them halfway and to, to give them an open space of communication, to let them feel that they are heard, et cetera, et cetera. When that becomes the culture of your home, then you begin to see the rebellion subside. That's one aspect by which rebellion could be caused in home based upon the root reason being that for whatever season of life that a child went through, that child was so traumatized or dramatized, right? But because of whatever theatrics you may give as a parent or, or the over parenting that you may have done or whatever, causing that child to scream for help, et cetera, et cetera. Or it could be that the root is spiritual and and and, and whatever that child has been feeding on based upon their, their peers and based upon uh, um, 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 spiritual guides in regards to demonic entities trying to get them to be rebellious, it could just be what they have been consuming. Now, the, in order to solve that problem, you have to understand what the word of God says, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, spirits, etc., etc. Now you have to begin to learn how to war for your child. If you begin to see that it's demonic, that it's spiritual, then you got to continue to love him in person and war for him in private. Because if you keep fighting him flesh to flesh, it only deepens the rebellion in him. It only makes him want to be even more rebellious. And now your faith now you're one against two or whatever spirits. It could be five, six, seven, eight, 10, 12, 14, or a thousand. But if you wrestle against flesh and blood, then you're going to find yourself losing love for that person and wanting to give out because you're wrestling with the child versus loving the child. When you love and correct, love is correcting too. I'm not sitting there saying you let him get away with stuff, but you explain it to him. This is why I'm, um, um, this is why I'm correcting you. This is why, but I love you. But if you're screaming, yelling, and, 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 and fighting against him, then you're not fighting against him. You're fighting against the spirit in him. And that spirit is using that vessel to drain you of energy. <clears throat> that devil is now using your love for that child, your passion for that child, your care for that child, all that emotion, all those thoughts at night, all that stuff is draining you and they won against you. But when you know that it's a spiritual spirit, there's a demonic spirit working behind that child's rebellion, and you love that child, a devil can't stay where there's love. <laughs> you saw you a devil can't stay where there's love. And even when he is rising above the standard and rising above whatever it is, you correct him in love. Hey, son, I gotta take that phone from you, but you know I love you. Son, this is the reason why I took it from you, but I love you. And hug him and say, Hey, I love you, but I, I gotta, I gotta do this. And I promise you. If you follow those things through and through, unless the Holy Spirit reveals otherwise, you will have some success, if not full success in the area. Great questions, y'all. Friendly Neighbor says, how do I trust God when he has given lots of confirmations, but I don't want to believe it because I'm scared I might be wrong. A lot of what I thought he wouldn't do, he has done, yet I'm still doubting. Uh, for context, it's about someone who I think might be my future husband. Great question. Sometimes we could be such perfectionist that that when it's actually time for God to deliver a thing into our lives, we start overthinking it. And if you have a history of overthinking, then 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 that could be why you're sinking in emotion, right? It could be the reason why you're whatever. Let just enjoy the process. Enjoy where you are. Don't overthink where you are. 
because then you would try to be too perfect for where you are, right? Um, he says, how do I trust God when he has given me lots of confirmation, but I don't want to believe it because I'm scared I might be wrong? Then you got to settle your wrongs with, with the one that settled your wrongs 2,000 plus years ago. You got you got to begin to say, hey, God, if God don't see your wrongs anymore, then why do you see your wrongs more? He said, I forgot your sins as far as east from the west. I paid for your sins before you was even born. That doesn't mean that you walk in this, this false sense of grace where you think that you could just get away with stuff, but that should do something to you. When you truly been converted to God and you know that God loves you despite you, that love God loves you and doesn't want to fight you, then that puts some might in you to want to serve him more, to, to, to want to do right. That should be the fuel that makes you want to do right versus have not having a heart that loves him at all. And you think that you could just get away with anything. I'm not saying that you're just giving things in context, right? But you got to forgive yourself. And don't be too, because you're not perfect. I used to be a perfectionist. So I understand this clearly. I, like even with being a father, I'm not even trying to be perfect. I'm just trying to be present. <laughs> As a father, I ain't trying to be perfect because I can't be perfect. All I got to do is be present in his presence. And then I would be a present to my daughter, a present to my wife. A lot of what I thought he wouldn't do, he has done, yet I'm still doubting. Man, God, ain't no, nobody can bless better than God. Just take it enjoy it. And if he's meant for you, make sure you know you enough to know that I, how how could my perfectionistic thinking or my overthinking cause me to sabotage something that God has given me? Hope to help. Christina Rosanna says, wow, ready for me. Good insight. God gets the glory. Let me see what your question was. Gotcha. I'm glad it was great insight for you. Amen. Amen. Purpose says, should I face my fears to get rid of them? Sometimes I'm scared in social situations. Sometimes I'm scared to meet new people, but I would love to meet new people. Thank you for context, family. Should I face my fears? Yeah, face them. Face your fears with faith and you develop your faith from fellowship. The more you fellowship with the things of God, the more you become familiar with the word of God, the more you become familiar with yourself and your purpose in life, you begin to have confidence and then you can face any fear. I, I, there's no fear in me in regards to parenting. There's no fear in me in regards to being a husband, even though I may not have ever seen that growing up. There's no fear because I face those fears in the, in the one that desires to face me. And if he's willing to face me now that I have a relationship with him, then I can face anything. If I can, if, if I'm face to face with God and I'm face with God, I mean, if I can find, if I'm face to face with the all consuming fire, if I'm face to face with a God that can destroy everything in a millisecond, then I can face anything in this life. <laughs> if I'm face to face with the all consuming fire, God, then I can face anything when I'm in fellowship with the father and I'm face to face with him, I can face anything that we, because I'm facing everything with him. So go out there, man. You know, you don't don't push stuff out there. Just go out there, enjoy the process, enjoy uh, meeting new people, and realize that you are somebody worth being a part of any group. And not all groups are for you. So if you go out there and you go out there and you hanging out with people and those people don't accept you, cool. Go where you celebrate, not where you tolerate it. The best way to meet new people that's that's similar to you is is in a community in, in these type of communities, these two type of communities, the church community and the creative community. Whatever creativity that you're in, whether it's engineering, whether it's whether it's writing, whatever, find that community. Go places where people who are like mine, like your creative community, and then find a good church home so you have a church community. Because in those two communities, you have commonalities. 
you are you, there's commonalities with you in the church because y'all are Christians and y'all can sharpen each other, even though y'all may be different in creativity, or whatever. God would then pinpoint the right people in that community that He has sent you in to be able to be your brother or sister in Christ, or and and or and not or and find a creative community where you guys share things like. Uh, I love playing basketball, so I go to gyms and I find good good Christian young men to play ball with. You see what I'm saying? So those are two communities I think you can really reach out to um, to find confidence in you. Um, but you have to have all, that confidence already in you by being face to face with God. Because if you could be face to face with God, you can be face to face with anything and be strong enough to overcome it. Reach out. I said, so true. Amen. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. The King Ray 121 says, hey, coach, my prayer life is dried up. I don't know any other Christians in person. I struggle to read the Bible. However, I still want to see Christ in my life. What do I do? Great question. The good thing is your heart is in the right place. Your habits may not be. All right. You cannot win. Win in discipline. If you want to win, be disciplined. Prayer is dried up when your prayer life is fueled by desire. But if your prayer life is fueled by discipline, doing this because I know I must do it, then you will begin to see the vibrancy and it thriving in your life. So it's dried up, not by accident. Demonic spirits, the number one thing they go after to dry up is communication. What did God do at the Tower of Babel? He saw that they was one in communication. And because it was one in communication, it was one in unification. And, and no matter what was in their imagination, they were going to succeed. He says, if I don't stop what they have imagined to do, then I cannot have success. They would, they, if I don't do it, then they will eventually do what they want to do. So what did he do? He calls, uh, uh, he broke up the communication. That's how valuable communication was. God said, in order for them to, to, to in order for me to dwarf or ruin what they have imagined, I got to affect their communication. If 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 I don't if I don't mess up their imagination, then I won't. If I if I don't mess up their communication, I won't. I will. If I if I don't mess up their uh, communication, then I cannot mess with or mess up their imaginations. But if I want to break up their imagination, I have to break up their communication, right? <clears throat> so the devil's objective is to break up counterfeit wise, to break up our communication to destroy our imaginations. And if I do not take time to communicate with God, then how can I fulfill the imaginations of God for me? So what you have to do is, what you have to understand is that prayer is a discipline, not a desire. If you pray only when you desire, you'll pray, you won't pray at all. If you pray only when you desire, you'll rarely pray. But if you pray because you know you have to, you'll do it more often, all right? For those who have goals. Now, in order for me to understand uh, and, and develop my prayer in a, in a vibrant to a vibrant level, I got to have a vision. I got to understand for me, I have to pray to cover my daughter, cut off, cover my wife, to cover my life. I have to pray uh, um, to, to gain insight on how to lead. See, if I want here, it is you have to have a vision. My vision as a man of God is to be a man of God. My vision for my life is to be uh, an amazing husband. My one of my visions of my life is to be an amazing dad. Another vision of my life is to is to be successful in, in my ministry and to be successful financially. I have a vision. 
And if I have a clear vision of it as to what God wants me, uh, what God has envisioned for my life, then I will understand the importance of prayer in my life. The reason why our prayers dried up because we don't have no purpose with our prayers. If you understood what is required to protect, to preserve, and to promote a thing, you understand the value of praying for that thing. God, what do I need to do? God, I so you don't ever know what you're going to face as a as a dad, as a as a husband. I gotta I gotta stay constant in prayer. I have to pray without ceasing or whatever that I'm that I'm. I'm not praying for will cease to be there. I have to pray without ceasing, or the things that I'm praying for or not praying for will cease to exist. So if you have no vision, no understanding, no goal, then prayer won't prayer will just reside in a desire phase and it won't transition into the dis- dis- discipline phase because you don't have no goals, you have no visions, you have no ambitions in regards to your spiritual development, which will then lead to the development in every other area of your life. He says, I don't know any other Christian in person, and I struggle to read the Bible. It's all about desire. If you have a desired outcome, then you have the proper discipline outputs. And then if you have the properly disciplined output, your destiny will be obtained. So you got to say, okay, what destiny do I want to attain in life? What level of life do I want to have? Then, In order for me to have that life, what type of disciplines must I have in order to have that thing long lasting? And in order for me to do that, I got to desire it, right? So, um, however, <clears throat> I still want to see Christ in my life. What do I do? Christ is in your life. You just got to see the value of Christ in your life and the value of your life and the value of what God wants you to do in your life. And then you will see why you must pray. I must pray for this in order to protect this. I must pray for this to make sure I'm the person for that. I, I must stay in constant communication with God because every day is different. There's still demonic plots and schemes. I got to stay in constant prayer and constant communication with the Father because the Father needs is desiring to get things in me, through me, and out of me, and communicating with him does that. If I do not communicate with my wife, my marriage won't last. If I do not communicate with my wife, my marriage won't last. Sometimes we need a a visual aid. If I don't talk to my wife every day, eventually my marriage will crumble. So you have to see the severity of what it is that you desire to have. And then you will begin to be inspired to become more disciplined to ensure that what you desire to have will will actually last. And so you must have, you must understand that I must read my Bible because reading my Bible is like giving my spirit man food. Imagine you're not eating your meals throughout the day <clears throat> physically. Would you be strong enough physically to do things in your life? No. Same things with your spirit, man. Hotel. Last question. I got to go. Because I think I hear my baby in the background. I think. Well, she might still be asleep. Thank y'all so much for watching and being with me. And I, and I pray this is still a blessing to you all. Charisma says, hey, Josh, what do you think about Christians who say that they were delivered from a sinful thing, but brag about how good they were at doing that sinful thing? Deliverance is not half or a quarter is full. If a person has been delivered from something, you will begin to see the deliverance in every area of their life, even in the areas of pride. Right. If a person is bragging about something, the Bible says, don't boast in your might. Don't boast in your money. Don't boast in your wisdom. But if anyone's going to boast, boasting that they know me. If you hear more about them versus him, 
then they fully probably haven't been delivered from demonic spirits in full deliverance. Deliverance requires the, the, the spirit to be moved, moved out of you. But just because the spirit has been delivered out of a person or a sinful habit has been delivered out of a person, oh, let's, let's go back. deliverance is, is multifold. I have to be delivered from it mentally. I have to be delivered from it fully spiritually. I have to be delivered fully from it uh, emotionally and physically, right? That's why fasting is important for physical things, right? So when I fast, for instance, I haven't been to uh, Waffle House in a long time. I haven't been to Bojangles in a long time. That's the fruit of a fast. That's a fruit of not going to that place anymore. Now, when I go back to it, when I went back to it after not eating Waffle House for a while and without going to Bojangles a while, now the chicken tastes extra salty to me now because my salty my salt tolerance has diminished. Now, when I go to a, a, a Waffle House, the stuff that I used to be familiar with becomes a, 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 a something that is no longer enjoyable. Then I end up stop going. Then no matter how much I pass by Waffle House or pass by Bojangles, I don't necessarily stop like I used to or engage like I used to because of the experience going back to it was like, yo, that's that that I see why I, I shouldn't have this, etc. So I have to be delivered in every area. So some people, they'll be delivered from a spirit. But the Bible says when the spirit has left and when that sp after the spirit has gone away for a period of time, it'll come back to that same house. See if it can occupy spirits are disembodied entities they need a body to fulfill their assignment see see spirits are like us because ooh, our spirit has an assignment their spirit has an assignment the difference between us and them we have a body we came in with the body and our body is supposed to be the vehicle or the vessel used to fulfill the the purpose of the spirit that the spirit that God gave us was meant to be open and enlightened by the Holy Spirit, immobilized by the Holy Spirit to fulfill the assignment in the spirit. The assignment is not in the soul. The assignment is not in the body. The assignment is in the spirit. The assignment is in the spirit by which it then feels thinks, uh, wills through the emotional, soulish area, and then is actually functioned, fulfilled through the physical one, right? So if a person delivered from the spirit, but has not been filled up, has not been discipled, you if you deliver without discipleship, then that person is going to end up um, destroyed eventually. And so the spirit, a person can be delivered from a thing, <clears throat> but they have not been discipled. In the other areas, because a, a spirit can leave a person, but their soul has to be renewed and their body has to be restored. And even though the spirit has been released, if the soul hasn't been renewed and the body has not been restored, then that spirit, when it revisits, will find itself back reassociate uh, 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 back into that person's life. So that's the soulish realm. That person could whatever be delivered from a sinful thing or whatever, but the but their mind hasn't been renewed or mature enough to understand what it means to stand above that thing now without arrogance. Because the more you stay arrogant about it, then because I'm thinking there needs to be thorough deliverance. You can be delivered from what's the purpose of being delivered from lust, but you still got arrogance in you. What's the point? You got one demon out, but you still got another demon there oppressing or possessing, right? So if you deliver the spirit of lust out of a person, they may not watch porn no more, but now they got arrogance. And now arrogance could be the door by which lust comes back through. Listen, as long as you got someone holding the door, that thing that was delivered from you can come back in. That's why the Bible says, when you stand, take heed lest you fall. 
And so a person who is bragging about how they was good at a thing, they wasn't fully delivered from that thing because maybe that spirit, one aspect of the spirit has left, but there's still a spirit waiting to open the door again. And that spirit is probably letting them brag so the fall can be bigger. Mm. The devil is giving them time to brag so they so that when he's set up, the fall will be big. That's why you don't brag, because when you brag, you climb higher on that thing. You climb higher on that pedestal. You climb higher on that accomplishment. You climb higher and higher. And then that bragging and got you to a peak that when that thing up under you is blown from under you, the fall is big. So they probably didn't have a full deliverance. Because when they when they still bragging about it, then that demon is about to set them up for a big fall. So pray for them. That's all you can do. Reaching high claps. Thank you so much. God gets the glory. Chris says, thank you so much. Wow, your response to my question was so helpful. God bless and God bless you, my friend. Thank you all so much for joining me on this live Q&A. Check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings. Help you find the facts behind your feelings and you get back to fulfilling your purpose in life. Check out another book. If you're looking to hold things better, hold your marriage, hold your kids, or set yourself up to hold those things well, business, etc., etc. Get this journal here. It will help you hold things well. Also, if you want to understand the purpose of singles and how to maximize this book, The Purpose of Singles, it's a great resource I think will be a blessing to you. If you're looking to uh, uh, make sure that you're prepared to date, uh, uh, the love of your life forever, because even though I'm married now, I still got to date my wife every day. Every day I have to be a present to her. I have to be a gift to her. And this book right here has a ton of questions to make sure that you and your significant other or you and you are on the same page, the you you're supposed to be and the you are now to make sure that you're on the same page, the same paragraph, the same sentence, the same word on the same page so that when God is time to change the chapters, you'll be right in step with him. If you're looking for a book to better discern what's in front of you to ensure or be able to determine whether or not it's a counterfeit or a counterpart, this book right here would be a great resource for you. If you're struggling with soul ties or strongholds, you want to be set free, this book right here is a great resource to help you untie soul ties, uproot strongholds. If you're looking for a book to help you with spiritual warfare, you're like, man, I just got to better understand the whole armor of God and how to war out here. This book, World War Me, would be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a book for your young person to help them better understand um, some aspects of life and how to be a young man, a young woman, and how to understand the, uh, their creative position in this world, this would be a great resource. Then we also have merch on our website. You can do all this and get all these things on my website, imunplugged.com. Also, if you're looking for a singles community and you're like, hey, man, I'm single. And I, and I want to be in a community of people who are like-minded, who are growing in their singleness, maximizing their singleness. We have a community right now called For Singles. Oh, let me get that link for you all. For Singles Community, there's different memberships there. You get access to uh, um, uh, Zoom calls with me. You get access to... Uh, worksheets. You get access to a boot camp. We're about to start a book club pretty soon. Join our community today. Um, either or There's different price points, either $14.99, uh, $40.99, or $140.99. gets you uh, life coaching sessions with me. Um, uh, but each membership place it's going to help you scale in your singleness. It's going to help you better understand what it means to be single, what it means to be whole, and that the rewards of it is going to be monumentous in your life, helping you to manage the next level of your life. I hope you guys were blessed by everything that I was able to give you all today. I love you all. Let me see if anybody else posts anything else. Um, that is so true. Uh, Sophia James says, thank you, Josh. Have a good evening. Enjoy the film experience. I am, and I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much for your love. Uh, and for those who've been giving, if you want to give and support what we do, uh, my wife and I, we're developing, I'm working on my 10th book right now, creating more research for y'all. If y'all want to give the support, what we do, or you just feel led to give and, uh, just from your heart, you can do so on my website. I am 
unplug.com. I'll post links for your support for your uh if you want to support and help us, not help us, but just want to invest in us. We'll appreciate it. So I post it there. Love you all. Y'all be blessed. I see y'all on next time. I'll be doing lives. I'm back at it. I love you all. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.